An anthology about the bad, the short-lived, and the forgotten shows and events in television history. This is It Was a Thing on TV. Before I change my mind! I give you Super Train! Episode 402, submission number 896. Schooled. Schooled is a reality show that aired on TV Ontario in the mid to late 2000s. There actually are no dates on here, but we might be able to get some later on. Wink, wink, wink. Stay tuned. Hey, guys, did this last longer than Password A? Oh, wait, I'm looking at it. It didn't last longer than Password A, but it did last two seasons, and I think we're going to have to play the Laxon again. Because it aired for exactly 16 episodes, the exact same number as Uncle Crocs Block and the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show and J.J. Starbuck and was the number of aired episodes of Salvage One. And I remembered all that. Have you ever wondered how different school would be if the kids were in charge? Well, we're going to try just that. We're letting five kids take over a school, making their own rules, choosing their own subjects, and teaching in their own style. We're pulling the ultimate swap. We're giving these kids eight super keen teachers for students, and only eight days to give them a taste of their own medicine, get them re-educated, and totally school. It's a learning party. All right, guys. It is the middle of August. Kids are going back to school. Some of us, specifically pointing at me, have been back at school for three weeks now. We've been back to work, uh, the teachers, that is, since the 24th of August, at least at my school. So we've already got... Wait, 20? Hold on. The 24th of August. (laughs) 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 Wait, did you... Hold on. Wait a second. Hey, Alan, I think he's been borrowing Ed's tortoise. Mike, what have you been doing? I make one mistake. (laughs) So as I was saying, thank you for catching that. We've been back. Well, maybe we went back August 24th of last year. You never know. No, we've been back since July 24th. So uh, in terms of teachers. So we've actually been sort of back on the job for now four weeks. But like every other school in this area, they're going back. uh, I believe this coming Monday, which would be the 21st of August. We don't really have many schools in this area that start after labor day or even close to labor day i think everybody uh, is in school for a good week or two before labor day but we're not here to talk about my work calendar we're here to talk about this show schooled 
which, as I said at the top, was a reality show. And really the best way of describing this is role reversal. The kids become the teachers, the teachers become the kids. I should ask Corky what happens, but we all know what happens. You won't believe what happens. Well, like I said, we don't need to ask Corky because we know what's going to happen. And you're not going to believe it. So there were two seasons of the show, and they used distinctively different casts. But still, the basic format of the show was, let's make the students, the teachers, in terms of grading what the the actual life teachers do, and then let's make the actual teachers the, I'll say students, but essentially guinea pigs for what uh, the students have cooked up. And like you said, this aired on TV Ontario, and oh my gosh, guys, I don't know if you had the same public broadcasting service experience that I did back in the day. Now, you guys, I know Greg is about eight, nine years younger than me, and I know Chico's about five years younger than me. Uh, I think uh, Greg is essentially from that era where we had half-hour TV shows on PBS a precursor to PBS Kids, let's say, where you had Where in the World is Carmen San Diego, and you, you might have had some cartoons. I'm sure Arthur wasn't around back then. I think that was closer to 2000. But you didn't have what I had back in the day, and maybe to a bit of a lesser extent, what Chico had in the late 80s. And what I mean by that. We didn't have like Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and just these shows, uh, The Electric Company and Square One TV. During the day from like, at least in Cleveland, from like eight in the morning until 1130. And then after 1230, from 1230 to like four, and that 1130 to 1230 hour was Sesame Street. But for like the three and a half hours beforehand and the three and a half hours after our local PBS station showed just a bunch of educational shows, generally 15 minutes in length. And the thing is a lot of the shows, a lot that I recall were TV Ontario productions. I could name one. Well, I found two that it's like, oh my gosh, I remember these. Oh, wait, no, like I could name two. I'm sorry. I, oh, okay, I, I, well, let's, let's see if your two match my two. Okay, so one was a 15-minute joint called Read Along with a bunch of puppet shoes. What? And I swear to God, it's called Read Along. I've never heard of this, okay. Yeah, and two of the characters are two pairs of shoes. One was named Boot, and the other was named Pretty. So there was that. And the second one was called The Polka Dot Door, which was I'm... basically uh, place, Let's Play School, if you are, it, or Romper Room. It was basically Canada's answer to Romper Room. I've heard that. Again, never seen it. But no, the two that came to my mind... And again, I'm of a different age, but I remember seeing these vividly uh, back, oh gosh, again, 35, 40 years ago. 
Okay, one is called Parlez-moi. And what it was, it was a show about learning the French language, because obviously Parlez-moi is French. And as we mentioned uh, elsewhere, they speak not just English, but also French in Canada. And the stuff I remember about it, the main character was this kind of dopey, kind of Marcel Marceau-ish, mimish character named Saul. And it wasn't really a great show, but I took a look uh, doing some research this morning and it ran from like 1976 to 1990 or 1978 to 1990, but the show was only in production from 1978 to 1980. So you had 10 years of Parlez-moi reruns with Solve the Mime, the clown, the sad sack clown. But the other show, and again, this is one of those earworms. Once I saw the name of the show, the theme song just went in my head. It's like, oh no, this is going to be stuck in here for a long time. There was a show called Right On, W-R-I-T-E, On. And as you can guess, it was about English. It is about writing. And it was set at like a, uh, a newspaper office. And a lot of this came back when I took uh, a look at uh, Wiki, because it mentioned that the main character in Write On had a lot of like daydreams, sort of like Walter Mitty, where he's the hero. And again, ever since I saw this and I still have it going on in my head right now is I have the theme song to write on in my head. Do, but yeah, so right on that aired again in the late seventies, but I can remember it being on our local PBS station through like at least 87 or 88. But yeah, actually getting back to the crux of the matter, once I saw this as a TV Ontario thing, which is the Canadian version of PBS, or at least in Ontario, the first thing that I had was flashbacks to, oh my gosh, all these 15-minute shows, which were productions of TV Ontario, and just how good PBS was back then, and how different it was. I mean, we again, didn't have Arthur, didn't even have Where in the World is Carmen San Diego back in the mid to late 80s. We had a bunch of these shows that were educational and 15 minutes at that. Like Letter People. Who doesn't remember Letter People? Oh, God, I love the Letter People. I didn't really get Letter People because I, I skipped kindergarten. That's how good I was back in the day. I didn't go to kindergarten. So I didn't get the Letter People experience. But yeah, that's one of those shows that they put in there, 15 minutes, boom. You, know, you go on to the next subject. You go on to, again, an English topic or a math topic or a science topic. And again, this is like my life as a 10-year-old or an eight-year-old, all these little 15-minute programs, many of which were produced by TV Ontario. How about that filler for this episode? You thought this was gonna be a short one. No, we're basically doing an oral history of TV Ontario. Wouldn't be oh, the first time, I don't think. We never go off topic. Never. <laughs> never. Hold on. Do you want me to be further off topic? 
Oh dear. (laughs) We're about to go all the way off topic, folks. Guys, tomorrow, as we're recording this, we're recording this on a Friday, August 11th. Tomorrow on AMC at 6 p.m., they're airing Weekend at Birdies. You know, Greg, there's off topic, and then there's a whole other conversation. I just wanted to point out that Weekend at Birdies is airing tomorrow. With, it was a thing on TV Hall of Famer, Terry Kaiser. Yes. I'm sorry for those who are listening way later than August 12th. Your SOL. Well, that would be everybody because this episode doesn't get released till August 17th. That's true. <laughs> Elsewhere, much later, but still. So you guys can head back in your TARDIS, go back to August 12th, and you can see Weekend of Burnings on AMC at 6 p.m. Or you could watch those episodes of Right On that Mike can't seem to get out of his head. No, no, it was just the theme song. I, I never actually really watched the show because, in case you don't know, and this may be a surprise to some of you, I did not enjoy English in school, uh, basically because they focused primarily on fiction, and I hate fiction. And I was the same of, way, man. I was the same way. And outside of Julius Caesar, and to a point, uh, Romeo and Juliet, I hate Shakespeare. So, yeah, I, fiction, Shakespeare. Uh, Julius Caesar, though, is great, but also that really is like real-life stuff. That's nonfiction. But, yeah, uh, so, yeah, watching a show called Write On about writing. I mean, nowadays, I love writing. I uh, My parents, uh, specifically my mother, used to, like, love my blog posts back on LiveJournal. Oh, my gosh, how long ago was that? But, um I mean, even nowadays, I have to apologize to the English teachers at my school because, yeah, uh, what book are you reading? Um, <laughs> do you really want me to admit that I'm reading the Pawnee book from Parks and Recreation? I'm sure they wouldn't mind. Anything is better than nothing. But it's like, okay, I'm not reading any bestsellers. I'm not reading any classics. I'm reading about Leslie Nope. And what there is to do in beautiful, lovely Pawnee, Indiana. And I, I still have a lot to go through in that book. I'm sure there's some good Ron Swanson anecdotes, some good life lessons from him. I'm sure they have a lot of good shots of Ron's mustache. Oh, you know that. He's got the sweetest mustache. But again, we're not here to talk about Ron Swanson's sweet mustache. We're not here to talk about previous TV interior shows. We're here to talk about this one. So again, as I said, the show is uh, about students, teenagers, who basically the roles are reversed. The teachers are the students, the students are the teachers, and the teachers may get a little dose of their own medicine, but also at the same time, so do the students, maybe realizing, oh, the teacher's job is not that easy. And uh, there were two seasons, and we do actually have a rundown of all the episodes. So we'll start off with uh, episode one in season one, which is called A School is Born. The new students are given an orientation and shown their dorms and have their very first class. Social studies teacher Phil leads the charge 
as he puts the adult's knowledge of kids speak to the test with a lesson in teen slang. Oh my gosh, this is my life on a daily basis, trying to understand teenage slang. Uh, uh, before we continue, we should probably let everybody know who's who in season one. If you got that, go for it. Uh, our students, our student teachers, that is, we have Erica, Holden, Phil, and Julian, who goes by the nickname, I am not making this up, White Fro. Okay, I'm not laughing at the nickname. It's just when you said that, like two or three of my students came to mind. <laughs> With all and the I'll... respect to those two or three students. And the teachers during season one are Ben, Faye, Leanne, Pina, Rob, and Ryan. Four teachers, six, four, wait, four teachers, six students. I get it. Okay, good. Well, I hope the audience does too, but uh, again reverse the rules okay so uh episode two the incredible journey the first full day of classes sets the bar high for this eight-day scholastic experiment arts teacher selena has her eight students perform romeo and juliet teen style in her theater class teen style Woo! i remember that when it was called west side story actually i remember God, I can't say this is a straight face. I remember at my schools when they called it second block geometry. And phys ed teacher Erica leads a session of outdoor education that is more boot camp than gym class. By the end of the day, exhaustion sets in and tempers begin to flare. Uh-oh. 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 Thank you, Teresa Merritt. Episode three, making new friends. The wacky music teacher, Julian, makes a few enemies when a plan to inspire his student backfires. But he redeems himself with an incredible class on beats. And Holden, the communications teacher, finds himself out of his depth while leading a lesson on the art of filmmaking. Episode four, and appropriately, this is the middle of season one, and this episode is titled Midterm Madness. It's halfway through the eight-day semester, and the kids surprise the adults with a session of individual midterm exams. But in a reversal of roles, the principal entreats the adults to secretly evaluate the kids' one-on-one -on -one teaching performances. So now the tables have turned again. Kids are giving the adults exams, but at the same time, the adults are now critiquing how the kids are doing. Episode five, Raising the Bar. Erica shocks the adults when she takes them to a skateboarding park where they learn to grind, ollie, and make sick tricks with pro skater Stacy Venturo. Phil leads an outrageous class in teen fashion. At the end of the day, the kids introduce a new twist by selecting a chosen one for a school exemption. Episode six, kicking it old school. The kids take the teaching to the streets and the lessons turn old school. Hold, it, take, hold on. So Mike, can you read that first part again? 
The kids take the teaching to the streets and the lessons turn old school. They're taking the teaching to the streets? So was that part sung by Michael McDonald? They're teaching the streets. Taking it to the streets. Taking it to the streets. Taking it to the streets. Oh my gosh. Hey guys, you don't know me, but I'm your brother. <laughs> I got it. Oh, for <laughs> sake. Okay. After classes, the kids select the next chosen one for special exemption. Wait, when did LeBron James come into play here? The chosen one. Never mind. This isn't the chosen one from Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Jeez, that's a deep cut. It is. But a good deep cut at that. Oh, man. Uh, Kung Pao Enter the Fist is severely underrated as a movie. Concur. Yes. Uh, Last episode of season one. Last kick at the can. The final full day of classes ends with Selena teaching the adults a hip-hop dance routine, topping it off with the help of guests' ill manners in a breakdancing lesson that is off the chain. Rob at first refused to participate, but then reluctantly joined. With classes finished, the adults get a chance to prepare for their upcoming exams with special tutorials, and the final chosen one is selected. So that's season one. Chico, by chance, do you have the list of students and teachers for season two? Why, yes. Yes, I do. And unfortunately, I don't have any clever nicknames for anybody. We do have, as teachers for season two, Calvin, Dondrea, Tyler, and Yvonne. And as students... Are you getting tired of these yet? We have Norm, Mary, Jill, Michael, Catherine, Dave, Dan, and Darlene. Let's see what mischief they get into in season two. And we really don't have episode titles like we did in season one. This is just going to be day one, day two, day three, etc., etc. So... Why does it say 16 episodes, but I only see 15 here? Okay, well. Uh, I see 16. I see 101 to 107, so that's 7. Then I see 201 to 208, that's 8, so that's 15. Where do you Hold see on, 16? let me check. T- I'm checking to be... Well, this is odd because Tubi only has 6 of the 7 episodes. Okay, so that adds to the mystery. Were there 15? Were there 16? And apparently on Tubi, there may be only 14 episodes. Okay, we're not going to worry about it. We're going to just charge on through with season two. So day one, uh, it's the first day of school and Vice Principal Phil's first day on the job. His goal is for everyone to graduate and he wonders what the new term will be like. The kids arrive and begin to learn what it takes to be a teacher. Meanwhile, the adults board the bus and anticipate becoming students. Things get heated in the welcoming assembly as some of the adults are still very much in teacher mode. There is a draw for dormitories 
but no one seems to like the idea of sharing rooms. Later on in the site class, Stereo Mike delivers a fun lesson on friendship. Only some students take issue when she tries to group them into cliques. At the end of the day, the kids hold their first staff meeting and debate over how to school their students. Stereo Mike has the job of posting the first marks, which leave many with questions. So it sounds like basically the first week of school for me, doing all the assemblies about uh, discipline and expectations and just making students feel relaxed. Well, there's a whole week of welcome aspects to it, right? For the freshmen, yeah. But for like the seniors, not really. They want to just get into the material because they don't need to hear, okay, don't do this, don't do that. They've been hearing that for three years. They have an idea as to what the principal's expectations are and generally what all the teacher's expectations are. So they don't need the uh, constant just reminders. It's like they're 17 years old, 18 years old. They should know what the right thing is compared to a ninth or a 10th grader. All right, we're going to day two. As the day begins, we find out that the students have switched their rooms, something that Vice Principal Phil knows he is going to have to deal with. Things get off to a rocky start in phys ed. Oh, by the way, we should note that phys ed is spelled P-H-Y-Z. Because it's awesome. Because it's cool. Because it's mid-2000s, and that's just how we write it. Fizz Ed. So things get off to a rocky start in Fizz Ed class as Tyler finds himself dealing with a safety issue. Meanwhile, an eager Yvonne tries to motivate her class on the dangers of industrialized food. Only Rory openly declares that he is not interested. Later on, Rock School. Oh, again, spelling. Rock, R-O-C-K, school, S-K-O-O-L. Later on, Rock School turns out to be a favorite, and the students are psyched over the competition between boys and girls. Vice Principal Phil then confronts the students about the room change, only to confirm that they are still very much in teacher mode and not respecting his authority. I almost said authorita like Cartman. <laughs> They're not respecting his authorita. Wait a second. Aren't you Stan's little friend? Sir, step out of the car, please. Yeah, you're the one who always plugs up the toilet at our house. Hey, I'm a cop, and you will respect my authority. Put the sounder in. Oh, it's going in. You don't even have to ask for the sounder. That sounder is already built in. You don't even need to request it. (laughs) When the day's marks are posted, many students feel they are unfair or unjustified Specifically, Catherine, who receives the first F of her life. It's been a long day packed with classes only, and it's not over yet. Homework means the students get a chance to rock out. Yay, homework. Let's rock. Day three. The students post marks for the teachers, a prank that doesn't go over so well. The teachers are discouraged and feel as though their authority is being disrespected. Vice Principal Phil knows this is an issue he is going to have to deal with, but this prank is just the beginning. Later on in sight class, what, they're doing a class about Dulé Hill? No, they're doing a class about James Rodney Rodriguez. God. Okay. 
Wait, no. They're doing a class about Corbin Burnson. So as I was saying, <laughs> later on in the psych class, <laughs> Stereo Mike discovers that she is dealing with a case of plagiarism. Meanwhile, in life skills class, again, skills spelled S-K-I-L-L-Z, because that's how the cool kids spell it. Cal is challenged to assert control of the classroom. Things look up in issues as Yvonne manages to inspire her students, and together they form campaigns and hit the streets. At dinner time, Phil makes his move and attempts to win back the respect of his students. He doesn't want any more surprises. Finally, when the day's marks are posted, the students get a surprise of their own as Cal, through a brilliant scheme, proves to be the hardest marker yet. Ooh. And trust me, if you have ever taught, you don't want a hard marker. They're kind of tough to write with, especially those dry erase ones. Ugh. Oh, different type of marker. I'm sorry. Day four. It's midterm day, but these aren't tests of knowledge. They're tests of nerve. Students are asked to face their biggest fears in order to receive a total of 10 points going towards their grade. Catherine gets stuck with Tyler, her least favorite teacher, and is asked to face her fear of heights. Meanwhile, Michael freaks out as Dre asks him to face his fear, the dark. Later on, Vice Principal Phil attends the staff meeting, and there is a debate over what to do with Rory, the problem student. Phil also instructs the teachers that they need to step it up in the feedback department. Then, after a long day, and what is the official halfway point, the students and teachers finally get a chance to hang out. Day five. If the students think that day after midterms is going to be easy, they have another thing coming. Tyler's grueling phys ed class is designed to put them to the test. Meanwhile, in rock school, Dre discovers that the boys have not been keeping up with their homework. It's high school. They don't do homework. Oh, I'm sorry. That's just from my experience. That afternoon, Vice Principal Phil decides to call one student to the principal's office while Cal gives the rest of them a lesson on etiquette. In the evening, the students face a mandatory formal dinner where they must apply their new life skills. Will the students be on their best behavior? And just when it looks as though the day is finally over, the teachers introduce their rewards and punishment system. I don't wanna know about the punishment system. This may be a relic of 18, 17 years ago, but nowadays, we don't emphasize the punishment part. It's the positive interactions and the good things that happen in school that we promote nowadays. So, you know, we don't want to dwell on, oh, this kid's acting like a little twit. No, we want to focus on, oh, good, this person is prepared for class. This person's on topic. This person's doing the right thing. So maybe things have changed in the last 20 years in that regard. And actually, since I've been teaching for close to 20 years, I can tell you they have changed in that regard. Day six, Yvonne teaches about poverty. While all students seem to be enjoying her class, one is still prone to getting out of line. Kaylee's inflexible teaching style alienates her students in her class on trends and fads. The marking system continues to be an issue. The afternoon brings a mysterious field trip. Day seven, with the upcoming afternoon talent show and exams just around the corner, Cal decides it's time for some stress management. Dre, on the other hand, leads a hectic two-part class. It's the guys versus the girls in a battle of the bands. 
The evening's reward and punishment ceremony take an unusual turn. And then the last episode, and I know this is 15 total episodes, so maybe there's one missing or uh, maybe the person who has the count on Wikipedia, maybe they need to go back to school because they don't know how to count. Day eight, there's no telling what examination day holds as the students must draw assignments, both written and physical, from the Bowl of Destiny. Ooh, the Bowl of Destiny. At the final staff meeting, the teachers must decide who graduates. How will they settle a difference of opinion? Wait, they get to have like some sort of council meeting to determine who graduates? I don't ever remember having a council meeting as to determine who graduates. I got all A's. I graduated. There was no question about it. Well, again, it's not based on you know who should graduate or who they feel should graduate. As long as you did the requirements for your state or city, you graduate. Again, this may be a relic of, again, 18, 17 years ago, because obviously, especially in America, the last 20 or 25 years, the preponderance of standardized testing, graduation tests and the like, not even talking about ACT and SAT at this point. Well, that's the series. Uh, it did run for two seasons. And actually, if you were lucky and you get the H&I Network, the Heroes and Icons Network, they actually showed this program for a brief while in the Sunday morning EI block, the educational informational block that networks need to do for kids. I remember seeing it run once. And mind you, this is now... 10-ish years ago. So this would have been 2013, 2014-ish. And it has not been rerun since, as far as I can tell. But as Chico said, this is on Tubi. And you can watch most of the episodes. So you can see what happens when the teachers are the kids and the kids are the teachers. But now, I've got a very special little surprise for you guys. Joining us now on the podcast is a surprise guest. He has been on many TV shows, the least of which are he was on Wheel of Fortune. He has been on Countdown, probably one of the few North Americans who has been on Countdown. He's been on the French lingo called Motus. He's been on many things besides that. But most importantly, as it relates to what we're talking about this episode, he was on season one of Schooled. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Vickers. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me. This has been a while since I've talked about this. So I'm looking forward to this. Oh, good. Oh, this is going to be well, fun. Hopefully you remember all of it. I think it kind of has etched in my mind. Maybe not all the minute, but at least as much as I can. So That's fine. All right. Uh, the first question I have is, uh, how did you get involved with school? Uh, well, uh, I can't remember the exact particulars of it, but there were um, ads going around. I, I think it was probably emailed to me or someone knowing people like, oh, this is Ryan. He'll want to do TV stuff. And it got mailed over to me. Uh, so it was a matter of 
filling out an application. And I guess that was the same from the student side. And they actually came to my school and had me, uh, I was teaching drama at a high school at that time and actually had me go up on stage just on my own and sort of act out little bits and see how I would perform on camera. And then we were told it actually went to the TVO head honchos. It wasn't just, you know, I guess in sort of a way they would cast for Survivor and things like that. The network had to approve me. Uh, And it actually turned out that I was, there was three teachers from my school and one student who all got cast on season one. So I was the only person that actually had one of their students. So one of my drama students got on as well. So I had a very different experience than everyone else there that time. You answered my next question. I was going to ask you if the people on uh, the cast with you talking specifically about the teachers, the adults, if they came from your school or if they were picked from different schools, but you actually had three teachers and one student. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So there was eight adults and five uh, students and there was three from this, our same school. And one of the people is my dear friend who was also a French teacher at the school as well. So it was great to share it with somebody that I'd known very closely. Uh, We did have someone come in from Saskatchewan, because SCN, which no longer exists, I think has now become City Regina, Saskatoon, something like that. Um, I think because they were co-producers with TV Ontario, as well as Knowledge Network from BC, wanted one of their, someone representative from their area as well. So um, that was the, um, that was, oh my goodness, that was the older gentleman. I've forgotten his name, but I, I can go look it up. But uh, anyway, he he was a bundle of energy and that was fun for sure. Would you like the names? We'll throw out the name. We have the names here. Uh, well, there's only two males on here besides yourself, Ben and Rob. No, there's, um, uh, Ben was from uh, near me. Rob was at my school. No, there's a fourth. Um, there is, oh my goodness. That's, I, I'm going to continue. I, I, I see I, a my, Leanne and a Faye and a Pina or Pina. Yeah, uh, that was six, but we were eight. Okay. Um, and there was Faye and... Oh my goodness. There was an old gentleman. He was on for Saskatchewan. So I'll have to think about that, but, but continue. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's fine. How dare Wikipedia be incomplete? It's, oh, it's, it's, like, like we always say, Wikipedia, truth by consensus. <laughs> Somebody told me once it's great for pop culture, but don't trust it anywhere else sometimes. So, Well, we even had an issue with the number of episodes, because it says there's 16 ah, episodes. I can tell you about that. Okay. Okay. So we were eight in season one. That I can tell you. I don't know about season two. Although someone from the school I was at also got on season two. But I think season two, they sort of, there was a bit more of a uh, a sly style to it. Um, and it seemed like the students were really sort of trying to really stick it to the teachers. Because let's be honest, great experience but it was to make the students look better than the teachers. I think we can all agree with that. Yeah, I was actually noticing the difference between season one and season two. Season one was basically this sort of, you know, role reversal, straightforward. Season two, they were basically trying to, you know, tell a story with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I don't think I watched a lot of season two, but we filmed that summer of 2005. And for me, that was an interesting experience because I had only taught for a year at that point. And it put a lot of things in check. And then that aired, I don't know, weekly starting in January 2006, if memory serves on TV Ontario. So I have I have the original uh, recordings. The um, production crew was nice enough to give actual official DVDs as well. So, you know, it's nice to have all those things kicking around. So Okay, well, uh, we could definitely fill in the gap there because uh, 
season one, they only list seven episodes on Wikipedia. So now we know there were eight in season one, eight in season two. An interesting thing is that, well, we'll get into the, the bits of it, but there were some things that changed because they enjoyed us as a cast so much. So I'll, I'll leave it, but we will get to that when we talk about the episodes, I'm sure. So, Oh, absolutely. And uh, you're absolutely right about uh, the, the difference between season one and season two. It seemed like it was a role reversal in season one, but season two was more or less, let's see how far the students can sort of punish or torture the teachers. You know what? It, that, I was trying to find the words for that and I couldn't get to it, but that's kind of what it was. I feel like I remember seeing bits and pieces like, oh, this is really not what I was thinking of for, you know, I'm happy I didn't really have that type of experience. I think I would have rolled with it, but I was still, you know, it's unfortunate that it was done that way. But, you know, the company did what they needed to do, right? Right. And by far season one, and I did see this back uh, about 10 years ago when it aired on uh, Heroes and Icons down here in the I, States. I love that that, it's always amazing where these things end up, right? And I think I actually messaged you when I saw this, like, Ryan, you're not going to believe this. I turned on this channel, and for the educational informational program, I saw you. They had schooled on. It's just absolutely mind-blowing. And it has not been on at least that channel since. I haven't seen it since on anything. But Chico, doing diligent research, he found out that most of the episodes are on Tubi. Yeah, the first six episodes of season one are on Tubi. I know they were on up here in Canada as well. I don't know if they are anymore on our Tubi, but I did get a, I did get a good kick out of that. So All of season two is on Tubi. And um, this was back when, I know Mike emailed me, this was back when Heroes and Icons was called Laugh. And they okay, that's Mike. where I was thinking, yeah. No, they had night court on every night. Wait, wait, wait! No, no, no! Laugh and and here's and icons are two different things. Well, it was on Laugh when I watched it. Okay, maybe uh, if they're both owned by Scripps or something. Maybe Randy. That's yeah. the, the the guy's name for Saskatchewan is Randy. Okay, there you go. All right, Chico, you you go into the Wikipedia, make some edits while I continue. <laughs> on it. All right. <laughs> But yeah, it's on Tubi, and I know you said you knew it was on Tubi. Have you got a chance to rewatch it? I've watched bits and pieces. Um, I always joke, my friend and I have always meant to just sit and binge all eight episodes. I haven't watched it in years. I think it's when I saw it on Tubi, I just like, oh yeah, that's actually our season. Because I know sometimes things get mislabeled and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I feel uh, I feel I've aged considerably since then. Um <laughs> <laughs> it was actually really nice. Um, we actually had a big, we we all went back to the school, majority of us went back to where the school was filmed, um, sort of northeast of Toronto, a while um, before the shows aired and they, like production came in and we had like this gala sort of opening night and even Randy flew in from Saskatchewan for it, which I thought was pretty, pretty damn cool. So yeah, that would be uh, Lakefield College. That's school. correct. Yeah. Smith Ennismore Lakefield, Ontario, near Peterborough. Um, so uh fun fact, uh that was yeah, we filmed over eight days. So every episode was a day of filming. We did four, we broke, we had a day off, and then four more. Um and uh we stayed in the residences there the whole time. Uh being TV Ontario, we got some we got a great experience and a little backpack out of it, but you know, you don't get paid for it. It's fine. I wasn't looking for that anyway, but uh yeah, top to bottom, we were well treated. It's it, it's the same company that did a show called Swap TV that I actually 
made an appearance on with one of my students the year before. So it was kind of funny to get cast in that. I think Swap sort of morphed into Schooled, as it were. Now, I'm going to assume, based on what you're saying, that this was recorded at the college during summer? Correct. Yes, we were doing it. was incredibly warm. Uh, I remember that you could go swimming, but there was a lot of weeds in the lake, unfortunately. <laughs> Nothing against the schools. Nice to be there. And then you try to get on the little sort of raft. It was full of goose poop. So, yay. <laughs> oh, boy. There's something similar between uh, Ontario and Cleveland. Good to see that. that that's fair. Oh, and, and nothing by that. But, you know, we were well taken care of. I The best thing that I did was forget the cameras are there within about the first hour. And that, you know, that meant that allowed me to be me because you kind of wondering how you're going to be portrayed. There is a scene where we're doing, uh, we have to be fashion models and I was not thrilled with what I was to made to wear, but it, and it, but it was, a, it was an image thing. Cause you know, you're trying to like, okay, is this going to turn out? And it turned out fine, but you know, it's uh, interesting, you know, all the footage they can take. Uh, I'm pretty sure the audio folks were done with me because we had a little confessional a la Big Brother, and I was in there a lot, a lot. So I think the last day I went and apologized to all the editors. Um, but uh, fun fact as well, uh, you cannot swear on children's television in this province. So there is a clip. Pause for effect. There's a clip where they made us the second day we did something called the incredible journey, AKA the amazing race, but we won't call it that. And I was like, this is great. This is wonderful. And they take us into this area and they need, there were two teams of four of adults in the gym class that we did. I just realized I'm giving air quotes and this is a podcast, so that's not going to help. So we had to go up. I volunteered to go up uh, what I would call like a airborne teeter totter. So two of us were up there. I was giving away about 50 pounds and you had to ring the bell simultaneously. And I was thrilled because I'm like, oh my goodness, this is Fort Boyard. This is great. I may never get on Fort Boyard, but this is as close as I'm going to get to it. And uh, we rang the bells, but this bee started attacking me. And I guess I swore. So in the edit, the music is playing by my audio drops. And I'm really embarrassed about that. But it's 20 years on. And I, I think I'm okay to mention that. But thank you to the editors. It made me look better. It's only because I was looked at... Someone mentioned it after, like, oh yeah, I said a bad word. Not that, not the worst word, but not a great word. So, <laughs> yeah, they made us do some crazy things. We had to do graffiti. Uh, we did modeling, skateboarding. That's what I wanted to talk about was that. the skateboarding oh. because, I mean, I've known you for gosh, probably close to a quarter century now, and she goes probably in the range of twenty uh, to twenty-five years as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I. Cannot visualize you as a skateboarder. I'm not. So that's actually become a running joke over the years. So um, we we have something in when I teach element when I've been teaching elementary school, and it's uh, what I think I call it something like embarrassing moments of our times. And the joke is, it will show up once in a while. Kids will ask for it. I haven't brought it out in a number of years, but when it was a regular feature, the joke was, "Let's look at embarrassing footage of Mr. Vickers." And I'll show it once and I'll have kids come in the next day. I can't believe you showed that skateboarding clip. Everyone was talking about it. Can we show it again? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and I, Too I bad to miss that day. The, it is the clip where you try and slide down. The and ramp. I fall on my, my boombosity. Yeah. So, yeah. That actually did hurt, I recall. But you know what? I had a great time and I was game for anything they're willing to do. So the story behind that is we were told at parts of the show 
by the fourth episode, we went into midterms or final exams or something like that. Um, it shows, I, I, I do apologize. I did mean to rewatch it and I've just been so busy lately. And I haven't had a chance, but we had to do final exams. And the idea was that one person each day for three episodes was the chosen one. Um, and if you did that, you got out of final exams, which the rest of us were like, we want to keep doing it. At one point, if you were the chosen one, you were booted off the show. But I guess they saw the cast was gelling so well, they decided to, like, it's not a game show, I get it. And there was no ultimate prize at the end. So there's no harm in doing that. But it's interesting, you know, we all really enjoyed, I wasn't the chosen one. They played me like a fiddle on episode six. They brought me and Ben up. And me and Ben and Pina, Pina, step back, you're not the chosen one. And I remember, it might have even been my student, Ryan, Ben is the chosen one. I was like, oh, you guys. <laughs> and it was, but it was great. I enjoyed it. I, oh my, yeah, I, I have like, there's, I, I had my graffiti forever. And I, you know, it was too much to move around in that. But there's the odd souvenir I have kicking around in that, so. I was just about to ask about The Chosen One because we were talking about The Chosen One when we went over the episodes, but we really didn't really know what that entailed. And now you just... So I, I, I think it basically became, you know, who was the outstanding student of the day or maybe did something particular. I don't recall if they actually had any way to sort of define that. But at the end of the day, the students are the teachers. They're allowed to set the things it was. And it was interesting because there were some of the cast members had a tough time with that. You know, you might have things like, where's my rubric? You know, so how am I being graded? And my thought was, I'm just here to have fun. We're going to roll with it. If they had everything, second only to skateboarding was my attempt to break dance, which was also not great. So I wish this was visual listeners because Mike and Chico are having a good laugh with this. So go to Tubi. That's all we're saying. Go to Tubi. Look yeah, I'm, I think maybe that's one of the episodes not up and maybe that's for the best of all of us. Oh, so. yeah, I was gonna, yeah, that was just yeah. the same. But I, I did. <laughs> and actually... I have them, but I'm not sharing them. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but actually, I did want to add on something that you mentioned previously about showing students clips of you on TV shows or yeah. uh, doing stuff like that. I, for the first time in however many years, 15, 16 years since this happened, at the end of school last year, I showed students, literally two students, because that's all I had in class that day, my hardball Excellent. From, from 21 years ago. And I'm like, okay, I shouldn't show you guys this. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but the thing is, it's sort of like I'm waiting for the students to say, hey, the kids that weren't here because they went on the field trip, can you show this to them? It's like, no. No, it, that's, it, it was a good sometimes time. it's just this this random thing, right? So. Yeah, it was a good time. Don't get me wrong. And I did reasonably well on it, but it's like, that was 21 years ago. I And you know what? And I understand there, you know, I understand what's up for me having done many TV shows. You know, it's fair game, right? I, I'm very flattered the piece that, my little sort of game show biography for that aired for four minutes on YouTube. And I'm very flattered that someone took the time to do that. Right. So, but the school stuff, honestly, it was top to bottom. It was a great experience because I just let myself be me. I wasn't worried about it. You know, sometimes you're wondering how the edit's going to come out, but ultimately they can only use what they have. So if you're being that person, 
then it's just going to be your true self. But, you know, we had us running around with, with canoes, portaging. Um, I'm trying to think what else we did. Oh, I think there was some kind of acting class, I'm sure. I had a good laugh because TV Ontario, as you know, uh, is publicly funded and that's, you can't really do ads. So when Swap TV happened, for example, I think Pizza Pizza was an underwriter. So there was a lot of Pizza Pizza that got served on that show. Uh, don't kid yourself. Um, I did shout outs to friends. So there were t-shirts I wore. There were hats that got put into shot just coincidentally. So and it wasn't trying to be advertising. It was very much like, this is my shout out to people. When I did Prices Right, I ended up with a 17 because that's my sister's favorite number. Is that like a, a wink to her, right? And I don't think there's anything horribly wrong with that. It's not like, hi, my name is Ryan. I own a carpet business. Please come and buy at my carpet business, right? You know, it's not full on advertising, so. Right, as long as you use certain numbers or, or don't use certain numbers. Oh, yes, I understood. Mean, obviously, yeah, there, there's negative connotations, obviously, with numbers mm-hmm. that, that we're not going to get into, but. Yeah, honestly, is there anything with a 17 that's a bad connotation? I don't oh, gosh, don't tell me that now. <laughs> that would be our local CBS affiliate. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, I said bad connotation, and uh, I thought you would be jumping on uh, Google to see if there's anything bad that ends in 17 or starts in 17. Yes. Well, folks, it's been a great time working in the industry. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> so when are you but, going back to education? No, no. <laughs> um, so... Um, Oh, no, I meant yeah. that as a joke. I meant that as a joke that when are you going back to education. Um, it's all good. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I I'm hoping that. at some point maybe I'm going to balance both careers at the same time, right? So. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Th- that would be uh, definitely the best of both worlds. You could teach at the daytime and the nighttime, you're selling furniture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For $154. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, but honestly, school, I'm trying to think there's any particular things and I've stayed in touch. Um, I bumped into a couple people, Apina and I are, are, have been close friends for 20 years. So we see each other all the time. Um, I've bumped into Ben a couple of times because he teaches in the next town over, or I'll bump into students that go to a school. I'm like, Hey, do you know so-and-so? I was like, and they're like, yes, I do. Oh, ask him about such and such. You know, I never and I never would say like, hey, here's a bootleg copy because that's not my place to do so. But great memories from doing that. Everyone at at, um, at the production company was super professional about it. And I do love the fact that it's still making the rounds, you know, going on 18 years ago that we filmed that. I think that speaks wonders to the power of the Internet and also just the growth of non-linear television mm-hmm. just where, where you can watch anything on demand uh within restrictions obviously yeah. with, you know, geo uh located uh stuff but um yeah. oh, sorry no i was gonna say fun fact so um there is one of the the cast members a young gentleman named philip or Phil, as he's known on the show. So he popped up on season one, and then he was sort of like the vice principal on season two. Yeah, I was wondering The last I heard, the last I heard about five, six years ago, he was working for Ryan Seacrest. That boy did well. I don't know where he is now. I think he's doing, like, something in the entertainment field. You know, and good for him, because you could see that with the kids. Now, unfortunately, on the flip side, um, Holden... um, What... No, that's somebody else entirely. Sorry. Uh, no, so Holden was one of our cast members. He was on a show called Survive This. There's a show up here called Survivor Man, where um, outdoor adventurers, adventure 
person would go out and do things. They did a kid's version for YTV, but unfortunately he passed away very tragically a number of years ago at the age of 21, I want to say. Oh, so, wow. you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to put sadness on it, but you know what? He was good, you know, and they were all great. Um, Julian was larger than life with his hair and his height. Yeah, um, they called him White Fro on that show. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, somewhere somebody, I think took home the stereo that was a prop because I think it actually was functioning at that point with its tape, tape deck. Um, Erica was my student at the time and last year she was in real estate. So, you know, I I think they've all kind of done well for themselves. Right. Unfortunately, unfortunately here about Holden, obviously, but, uh, you know, that's sad and on so many levels. So sorry, go ahead. Uh, Chico. I was just thinking of like. We were talking about Phil making an appearance on season two. I'm like, that's it. Vice Principal Phil, he came yeah. back. Yeah, and I think they wanted guy. some kind of continuity that way. But, um, you know, Phil, very, very savvy, and I'm sure he's doing quite well, probably better than most of us. It's all good. But, uh, um, yeah, so it, it taped in summer 2005. Actually, it taped. When was the GSC that year in in California? It July or August. Uh, so in 2005 at, it would have been August, yes. Yeah, so I would have taped that right before I came to to Congress, the Game Show Congress, you should say. So, so you know, it was a TV filled summer. It was great, and and I would do it again. I had an absolute blast. It was it made you appreciate what the kids are going through, and obviously, you know, it's going on. I'd like to think that I I have matured with that along with other things, but you know, it's uh it's not easy to be a kid, and you know. Kudos to them who learned during the pandemic, right? So, oh my gosh, <laughs> to say the least, it's yeah. it's been a rough last three years. But uh, I think the one thing that the the kiddos really appreciate, those especially the seniors, uh, especially at my school, is that the teachers have been with them pretty much since COVID began. So yeah, I've known them since uh, fall of uh, 2020. Yeah. So, hey, we went through COVID together and we got through COVID. And yeah. as much as they may hate me joking about this, <laughs> I had two legs when we started that school year and now I ended with one. So, you know what? We've all been through a lot, not just COVID. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a bunch of struggles and we, we all had a bunch of struggles. But the thing is, we all got through it. We fought through it and we're all better people because of yeah. it. Well, let me ask you this. Sure. Uh, any final thoughts about uh, schooled itself? About I, your experience? I my experience. Um, like I said, it was top to bottom. Um, it was fun going through it and realizing it wasn't to the point where we were Big Brother and there were cameras in the dorms, for example. Um, but just seeing the way the kids taught things and also subjects I was not great as art like I wasn't good at art when I was in school but you learn to appreciate it in a little different way because someone else is teaching it to you um I'm still horrible at trying to figure out teenage slang I I need a decoder all the time but that's fine I I know you know how things roll but you know I'm very appreciative of TV Ontario and Breakthrough Entertainment who I don't I think they've been bought by another company at this point but the opportunity to have that and uh you know, ever and since then, I actually worked on a project for TFO, which is the equivalent of TVO in French, and it was a uh, a French art show for kids, and that was phenomenal. So it's 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 been fun, sort of being all parts of it. But schooled itself is a great legacy. You know, I think that's kind of a format that ultimately you could do anywhere for any level 
of teaching or or network or whatnot. So it would be great to see if it would come back at some point somewhere. I think it's easily franchisable. Ooh, big word. Yeah, I was just about to say because uh, Mike brought up that we are talking about it 18 years on and he was attributing it to the power of social media and the power of the internet and the times that we live in. But another thing that can be attributed to the... Uh, fond remembrance, very fond remembrance of schooled is that the format is a strong format. Yes, agreed. I think a lot of it lies, and this is not to put myself on a pedestal, but it lies with casting that you need a range of people. I would say that I was one of the more outgoing people, but they knew what they bought into. So I, you know, there's not, I'm, I by no means was trying to overact or put words in anyone's mouth or my own mouth or whatnot. I just wanted to go and have fun. And that was the great thing. It was, it was lots of, and, and Mike, you can especially uh, speak to this, that if you make the lessons interactive and uh, you know, there's more of a buy-in if it's a, a lot of like hands-on kind of things and, and uh, edutainment, I guess. Um, so the fact that we were portaging canoes and I was up on high ropes and we had to do graffiti. Um, you know, it's good. Um, we have somewhere, 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 I have my um, certificate because in the last episodes, they're like, oh, Ryan gets this and Pina gets this. And, you know, I, I genuinely, that's one of those, I've been lucky to do a lot of television and I like that tangible stuff. You know, I'm lucky enough to have done a lot of, on the game show side, there's an entire, my entire office wall is just stuff from shows that I've acquired, so. That's amazing. And you're absolutely right. It's a strong format, yeah. but also, as you mentioned, it's a fun format with the right personalities and the right way of running the show. And what I mean by that, we go back to talking about season one was, I don't want to say more loosey-goosey versus season two, but season two, it seemed like the kids were essentially almost kind of getting revenge on their teachers. It's like, oh, yeah, you did this to me, or a teacher similar uh, to you did this to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I failed English in seventh grade, and now I'm in 12th grade, and you're going to pay the price for that teacher. And, and maybe, you know, that maybe that's just someone decided that in the editing process, some of that. I, and, and I get with the loosey-goosey with it, but I think it was also trying to find a bit more of its feet, right? Oh, absolutely. So, yes. But that's what happens with season one of any shows, and you want to get it to the point where you can then have it go for a season two. Well, true. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's their ultimate goal is they don't want just a season one or even just a season two. They would love it probably if they could get a season 40 out of it. Yeah. And then be able to show the first 39 seasons ad nauseum for the rest of the time. Well, and, and that's the thing too, you know, I'm a massive fan of the mole. So I was very thrilled when Netflix brought it back, but then I look at the Dutch version, which has been going on 20, 25 years. And it's it's a mainstay. It's a, it's amazing to see what works in some area like Jeopardy we've had forever, right? And you know we're dipping our toes back in the water with the, the UK and Australian version, but sometimes things don't click. But then on the flip side, University Challenge, Countdown, right? Like there there's there's so many things that stay around. Absolutely, TV is a fickle mistress. I like that. Uh, to wrap everything up, do you have anything you'd like to promote? Huh. Um, well, I would love it if people watch Family Feud Canada on CBC up here in Canada. We always appreciate it, or CBC Gem. Um, 
And, uh, oh, and if you're listening from Canada, remember, reach for the top. We would love to have more new teams in the fall. We actually, uh, one of the biggest things we did for Reach, one of the things that came up for Reach that I'm really extremely proud of, we did a grade 7-8 league. And this year we had seven provinces represented at the national championships online. So it's a, it's a big thing. And so I love, you know what, I have to be honest with you, one of the best things I get to do about Reach, not only meeting the students and getting to meet all the awesome coaches we have, uh, the fact of the matter is I hold it very dear in my heart that I have, uh, I'm in a lineage with Alex Trebek. It means a lot to me, so. Oh, that's amazing. That's a, a great uh, point you make there. Yeah. You and Alex Trebek have something in common. Yeah, it's and, it's pretty pretty cool. So, And we do have a good number of Canadian listeners, so please support uh, the Canadian Family Feud. Thank you. I, on CBC, but also, please remember, it does rerun on game TV. Yes, that's correct. Yes. Yeah, so... Support Family Feud Canada uh, any way you can by and watching. and I mean if you're on Game TV you could you could watch Pop Wiz as well that would be great too. Oh, Thank there you, you go, uh, Pop Wiz. Hey, while you're there, go watch some of the old Break the Bank episodes from 1976. Let's just cover <laughs> all the bases. Exactly. And also, again, yeah, reach for the top. Not just uh, sharing a, a commonality with uh, Mr. Trebek, but just keeping that alive, because that's something I've noticed, at least down here in the States, has sort of disappeared over the last number of years, primarily due to funding, is mm. the high school quiz. Yeah. But I we, watched that CBS piece they did on CBS Sunday yes, morning, Saturday yes. morning, something like that. Yeah, yeah, they did that maybe about three, four months ago. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, even here in Cleveland, we had academic challenge and it's academic which aired gosh i think it goes back to the at least the 70s if not the 60s and i don't think it's around anymore or at least if it's around it's not in the same sphere of popularity that it mm -hmm. was even 10 years ago because i mean i would love to field a team from my school my school is oh. uh, has a bunch of amazing students maybe they're not so trivia based but the thing is we can easily get them on that track yeah but i would love to do that problem is i think cleveland schools does not have the um the financial means to support having teams but also having competitions and also paying the advisors even though truthfully if somebody said do you want to advise this and you're not going to get paid i'd be like where do i sign up I don't well, care about the pay. I want the experience. I want the fun. And uh, it's just something that's lost. And uh, it isn't just Cleveland. It's many places. I think even like uh, Washington, D.C., there it's academic, I think is gone. I think it ended. But again, after 55 or 60. I was going to say that that was the longest running one, I believe. Right. That was so. the biggie. Yeah. Well, it's uh, you know what we we're we're lucky that we have lots of um, wonderful coaches that have coached for either you know just this year or across the board for so many years, and and people like myself who used to play the game, you know, we see the value in it, we want to get involved, and I think you see that as well as Mike. I feel uh, the uh, the floor recognizes Mr. Alexander. <laughs> okay, uh, just as a matter of correction, the DC it's academic is not gone. It has moved from WRCNBC4 to WETA. It moved to the local PBS outlet. But again, there's a money issue there because obviously PBS 
it needs some sort of underwriting and or yeah, it used to be underwritten by Giant, if I'm not mistaken. But sometimes there are sort of different formats. Um, I had the pleasure of attending a show called The Clash Room at the Fox affiliate in Philadelphia a few years ago. And I, I think it's a great format where students play staff and then whoever wins uh, gets the $500 to spend how they want. And I think at this recently, they've been sort of spinning it off to a family edition, but I was lucky enough to attend a, a taping of that a few years ago and it was quite a pleasure. Yeah, and we actually have a version of that format called Brain Game here in North Carolina. Oh, and I will also put it out if any local uh, high school trivia show in the United States is needing an extra supply host so that their host can play on an April Fool's special, I am available and rates are negotiable. <laughs> Just pay for transportation, lodging and food. He'll be there in a heartbeat. I mean, like... Oh. Excellent. Uh, did anybody else have anything they want to add? I think I've covered everything I wanted to ask. I'm going to thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. I, I really have never had the chance to sit down and talk about it. I've talked about it bits and pieces, but, you know, 18 years on, it, it's uh, it's great because I believe, as you might say, it was a thing on TV. It was an enjoyable so. thing on TV. At least I agree with you. you. Oh, 100%. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, again, I I've seen the entire series, albeit 10 years ago. And yes, it was an enjoyable show, maybe a little awkward in season two, but again, when you wake up at 9.30 on a Sunday morning and flip around the television and you're like, wait, that's Ryan. What the heck is Ryan doing on my TV? <laughs> but that's, that's happened a couple of times with Swap TV as well. I think it aired on the Fox affiliate in Seattle one time. Maybe Travis Everly saw it. I can't remember exactly, but it, it's a hoot. And you know what? It's always fun to, I love seeing either screenshots or videos of stuff I've been on, but on different networks you explained. I was over the moons. Um, I forget who turned it up uh, a couple of years ago, my Wheel of Fortune episodes, but the actual game show network copies that I've looked for for 20 years, because I just wanted to prove that I was on game show network. So, you know, you don't get paid again. So... Oh, you mean there's still not going to give you your luggage? Oh. <laughs> you know soon. I had a rep. You know I had a replica wedge made, eh? Oh yes, I, I've seen that. That is too cool. Well, uh, to say the least, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, and uh, I'm glad we were able to relive this. Oh, it sounds like you had a great time. Obviously, I did. Uh, if you didn't enjoy it, I don't think you would have agreed to doing this. But uh, it was great to hear some of your insights and uh, just uh, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that uh, happened. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate the time. Ryan, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. That's going to do it for this episode. But please, remember, you can always go to our website over at itwasathingontv.com where you can listen to the 401 episodes that preceded this episode. We've got all sorts of great bonuses there, including mini-sodes, live shows, extended versions of previous episodes, the whole works. We got it all. Also, remember, we are on all social media, including Instagram, Threads, and Mastodon at It Was A Thing On TV, except for Facebook, where we are at It Was A Thing On TV podcast. 
Please remember to subscribe to this podcast wherever fine podcasts can be streamed, either at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio. I think we're on iHeartRadio now, too. Yes. Uh, yes, so, we are on iHeartRadio. So, so we've made the big time. We're on the big ones. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on iHeartMedia. So we're everywhere. Yeah, we're now on iHeartMedia with our favorite, the Ron Burgundy podcast. <laughs> Which hopefully they're going to have new episodes soon. Uh, hopefully. Usually they start doing the new season around August, September. So I'm figuring it's just a matter of time at this point. Uh, who knows? I think Will Ferrell just might be on strike. I don't know. Uh, but he can still do podcasts. Yeah, so I don't think they're covered by the WGA or okay. SAG. So. Okay, I think that's good. Yeah, I think they just can't advertise. And so maybe they're going to have new episodes of that. But also, they aren't like us where there's a one-week turnaround time. I'm sure if Ron Burgundy, or rather I should say Will Ferrell, did episodes of the Ron Burgundy podcast, they were probably recorded in March or April before the strike. Also, don't forget we are on YouTube where you can like and subscribe to our channel and don't forget to hit that notification bell on YouTube to be informed of all future uploads on the channel, including what's coming up on the podcast next time. Speaking of what's coming up on the podcast next time, next week, the first episode, you guys are going to have to fill me in on this one. Okay, so August is month of power and... Next week is the 30th anniversary of a little show called Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Never heard of it. Wait, wait. Why did Chico just unfriend me? (laughs) You know what you did. But what if I told you that it was not the first time a show like Power Rangers aired in the U.S.? Oh. So we're going to have to do a deep dive how it goes from Power Rangers to next week's subject to Stan Lee watching Sun Vulcan in Japan. That sounds like an interesting episode. And then after that, we're going to celebrate episode 404, which is an episode not found. By Greg, when we originally talked about this topic, because he was not here for this show. We're going to revisit a show from four years ago, and Greg's going to finally have his say about this subject. And we got a little preview before we started recording. Greg has a lot to say, I think. He's got words. Isn't that true, Greg? Yes. (laughs) That's it. He's saving all his vitriol for next week. So we have that precursor of sorts to the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and we have a revisited episode, the one that Greg actually shows up on, right here next week at It Was a Thing on TV. Thank you always for listening. We'll catch you with that episode, 403, on Monday. Wow! Wow!